We're starting a series that is titled apologetics and that might sound like a big word like what are we talking about and perhaps the closest english word that comes to mind is apology um <laughs> and apologetics and apology don't at least in the way that we use the word apology or apologize they don't necessarily gel um, of course, if you then go back to the Greek, um, and it's, you can start seeing the connection. An apologia would be a statement that you give in defense of something. Uh, so apologetics is simply that, that field of Christian knowledge, so to speak, that deals with understanding what we believe and being able to know why we believe it and being able to also defend why that is reasonable. Um, especially in this postmodern world. So it's about, I know what I believe, I know why I believe it, and I'm able to explain it at least to a reasonable extent, such that it makes sense, um, whether or not you believe and agree is a different matter entirely, but at least I understand what I believe enough to the point of articulating it reasonably. That's what apologetics is about. Um, but to do that, again, we're going to be using a study resource um which is uh, a, a few videos um on right now media i'm actually looking through youtube it's possible that we might have seen a couple of videos that are not the full video on youtube but if i'm able to get the youtube links as well because i know most of us have more access to that than to the other um to the platform itself to right now media but we're going to watch and flow along with the conversation. Um, today's particular episode is titled, or it's, it's around the question of why does God allow suffering um, and tragedy? Why does God allow suffering and tragedy? And I think that's a very good place to start because uh, in a country like this, and my wife and I would readily relate with this drama of being in a taxi and on a Sunday the man is starting a conversation with you and is asking you where is he taking you to you say you're going to the church and is wondering why are you going to the church and my wife is good with asking are you religious and you know just probing and probing into all these other things um, but more often than not it's it just brings back that idea of by the time you get many of these stories what you keep hearing is oh there can't possibly be a God that is good up there if the world is this bad. There can't possibly be a God that is really what you people are claiming him to be if there is still all these other bad things that is going on around. It's either that he's not that powerful as you claim that he is, or he's actually not as good as you think that he is. And so questions like this tend to come up um, for people that have gone through life issues. You've watched your loved one die um, and you're just wondering where is God in all of this and how could a good God allow this to happen um, yeah and that can look like different things for different people so the study resource we're going to use um, it's a little bit long it's 28 minutes so what I intend to do on the one hand I'm not sure that we'll have to necessarily go through everything um, but if anything at all I'm sure that we will not go through everything at a stretch 
um, the approach that the facilitator had taken and the facilitator for this series is Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler is a pastor in the United States. As of the time that we just giving a disclaimer in case anybody's familiar with Matt Chandler, as of the time we mapped out the scheme of topics that we want to consider for this um for, for the rest of the year when we did the rota, so to speak, um, we've already fixed that. And then not long after we fixed the rota, there was a little bit of noise about him on the internet. Um, uh, and uh, something about his church kind of given him a leave of absence. Um, my wife and I watched the clip of how that played out. Um, we don't think there's anything um, in this council culture. You know, once they say someone has done something bad, the next thing is nobody wants to listen to them again. And you just want to delete anything and everything about them that God has ever used them to do. I don't think and we don't think that... Um, Whatever he was said to have done merits that kind of a reaction. And we think that the church is handling it most graciously. Um, and if you want to dig deeper into that, feel free to research about that online. Um, but in any case, it's a very wonderful but gifted Bible teacher, I should say. Um, and I think that the approach that he takes in this series is helpful for every one of us. So for this very first episode, what he did basically is... We're going to be listening to the stories of one or two or three, but in the full video, it's three different people, three different cases. One is a case of someone that, that's going through terrible physical pain, born with a bone deficiency such that right from birth, our bones were broken, like born with broken bones. Just imagine that. And having to live through life with all of the pains and surgeries and unimaginable realities that come with that. Another is the case of a young guy that was bullied in school when he got to a new school in a new environment, a black guy in, 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 in a um, whitish kind of school, I suppose. Um, and the third one is the story of someone that is just wondering why God cannot just turn the whole situation of the family around. Mommy is sick, going through different surgeries, the family is poor. Where is God in all of this? Um, so one is speaking of physical pain, one is speaking of emotional pain, one is speaking of spiritual pain. Um, and in all of those three incidents or scenarios, Matt, after each one, comes to give like some five minutes um, reflection on what's going on there. So what I think we will do um, is to, I, I was going to play the trailer before two minutes, but I think I've used my mouth to do the trailer, so we don't need to watch the trailer again. Um, but we'll dive straight into the video. We'll watch the first case, which is the case of the lady with, that was born with broken bones. Um, at least that's a case that seems to have reached a closure because we can see the before and after. Now she tends to have outgrown the questions that she was having about even if there was supposed to be a God for her to have been born that way. Um, and now she's living in what she believes is a purpose-driven life. Um, in that sense. So we'll watch that story and we would pause before we'll take Matt Chandler's thoughts on the story and just to reflect on some things that the Holy Spirit would spotlight to us. So as we watch the video, I want you to begin to think of things that resonate, uh, possible questions you may have, uh, maybe true life scenarios as well that you might want to link that to, that you might want to put on the table so that we can reason together about that. The purpose of this might not necessarily be for us to have Stalin answers for all of our 
questions. The Holy Spirit does that, not Matt Standler, not Kolaola, and none, none of us on this group. But I know that in reasoning together, especially when we can both relate with certain commonalities, it helps us to begin to find uh, the opening to let in the light for God to speak to us. Um, and so on that note, let me just say a word of prayer, and then we get into the video, the first part of the video. Father God, we are grateful because you are good, you are God, and you are puzzling. We have questions about you, big ones at that. And more often than not, we've wondered whether at all you're there. And if you are, why do stuff happen the way they do? We're asking that as we reason together, that your light will come and our hearts will be enlightened. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. And so I would share the video and we'll get into, into the first part of that. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, that's taking a bit of time, but here we go. No furnace. No steel. No pressure. No diamonds. No stress. No strength. Heat. Pressure. Stress. Strain. In the natural world, they wear down and destroy. Or they strengthen and purify. But in our lives, it's not so simple. We're told that suffering builds character perseverance, and that's true. But more than that, the hard times remind us that this world is broken and unfair, and we don't have the power to change it or the strength to stand it. But we have a savior who experienced our pain, who doesn't guarantee a life without problems, but promises to walk with us through the valley. So don't lose hope. In this world, you will have trouble, but he has overcome the world. In your weakness, he is strong. Over the next four sessions, we're going to talk through some of the tough questions about Christianity. Having faith isn't easy. In our culture, you may not always have the winning answer that makes you popular. Sometimes believing the Bible might make you feel like everyone's against you. But you're not alone. Christians have wrestled with these questions for thousands of years. Why does God allow suffering and tragedy? Does science disprove Christianity? Is Jesus really the only way? Why are Christians so judgmental and sometimes flat out mean? It's critical that you don't run from these types of questions. Think about them, investigate them. God is not scared of your questions. 
your faith will only deepen as your understanding of God grows. And that's what apologetics is all about, knowing what you believe and why you believe it, and then being able to share with others why you think your beliefs are reasonable. In this series, we will start by looking at some real-life stories from people facing these difficult issues. We will turn to Matt Chandler to help us understand why we can believe in God and the Bible, and why trusting in Jesus Christ is the only logical option. Matt Chandler is an author and the lead pastor of The Village Church in Dallas, Texas. In this first session, we'll focus on what's probably the most common argument against Christianity. If a good, loving, and powerful God exists, and why is there so much suffering and evil in the world? When I was born, I was born with broken bones. The doctors actually broke my bones, taking me out of the womb. They went on a hunch and ordered x-rays and found out that I had osteogenesis imperfecta at the hospital. It causes my bones to be extremely, extremely fragile. and. They can actually break from little to no cause at all. They said she probably won't live past her first birthday, so don't be surprised if nothing comes of her life. Basically telling them that I had no importance and no value and that I wasn't gonna live because of this very horrible, tragic disease. I was turning over in bed one time and broke my arm, just to give you a little example of how easily it is for me to break a bone. So far in my life, I have had 115 broken bones and 13 rotting surgeries. I went through so much suffering and pain that it was, at first, it was hard for me to believe that there was even a God. About the sixth grade, um, I was in a very, very traumatic car accident. It was very hard for me to deal with because the car actually hit and impacted my sister's side of the car and she just walked away with nothing wrong with her and I just got all of these um, broken bones and stuff. So it was really, really hard to deal with. And I was questioning God and I was going, what, what in the world, God? Like, why do I have to deal with all this pain? And she gets nothing. It was really, it was really hard because my whole life, you know, I have to share everything with my sister. Um, and I was like, well, she should be able to share this pain with me. Um, but that obviously didn't happen. Um, I remember vividly one night laying in bed with my body cast on and yelling at God. And I was just screaming at the top of my lungs and I was like, why are you doing this to me? And I was asking him, why am I in so much pain? You obviously hate me and you obviously curse me with this terrible disease. I would just be driving and I would just, a thought would come into my head like, why don't you just drive your car over into that parked car over there? and bam, it'll all be over. And I was really, really struggling because I was like, you know, it would probably be easier on everyone else if I weren't alive and they wouldn't have to deal with my broken bones and go to the hospital with me and stuff. And it'd just be, you know, so much easier. I can either choose to get mad about it and frustrated and go, oh gosh, God, why did you let this happen to me? Oh, my life is terrible. Or I can go, okay, this is horrible, but I'm gonna trust you anyway, God, because I know that you have a plan and a purpose for me. And so I want to see that come to fruition. So please help me through this. Uh, so about 14 years old, I started learning the guitar from my, my youth worship pastor. And he taught me, you know, simple basic chords, just like simple worship songs on the guitar. And I ended up auditioning for the Horizon Christian Academy worship team. And I got to be a leader. And so at chapels, I would lead worship 
and I never thought that God would want me to go around the country and sing uh, for people. Sometimes I'll meet people with disabilities who are going through the same things I went through, and my album will just lift them up. My whole life, I've been told by the world that disabled people can't make it and that they don't have any purpose and that they're just a big burden. But now, ever since I've learned God thinks of me, that's given me purpose. Um. Okay, um, I'll pause it right there before we go into hear some reflections on that. But maybe I should just ask a simple question. Hearing such a story like that, genuinely, sincerely, without trying to polish it, how does that make you feel about God? And two, how does that make you feel about the world that we are in? And maybe three, you don't have to answer all the three. You can choose one of the three. How does that make you feel about your life? Um, yeah, I'll keep it at those three. Any thoughts, anyone, just unmute yourself and go for it. Or you can virtually raise your hand and you'll be called to contribute. Imagine such a story. What does that make you think or feel about God? about the world and about your life. Sister Anna. It made me feel sad. About? I don't know exactly why. Like I just felt sad seeing that she had to, her bones had to be broken for her to be taken out of the womb. Uh. Sometimes I ask God, is it really necessary for us to go through that to show us your purpose? Because mm. I had, um, our first child in our house, he was born with, um, he, had, he had a disability. I think he had epilepsy. He's mm. dead now. But then I, in my small age, I had to see him struggle through that illness and everything. So every time I come across people with illnesses like that, it brings back that sadness, that deep, why, why, why? So yeah, that's, that's the why that came to my mind when I saw, when I saw her. Thanks. Thanks so much for that. Um, Tato, I saw your hand up and then you lowered it. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I agree with what Sister Ami said. And then at the same time, um, I think because sometimes you're always asking for more. Like sometimes you pray for a certain thing and God blesses you with it. But still, you keep asking for more and more and more. So when I was watching that, okay, shh. Sorry. Okay. But when I was watching that video, I think it just it just made me think and I have to be grateful for everything that I have because she might also be like praying to have maybe to like to be able to walk in the feet. So it's just the things that we we might be taking for granted. Sorry for the back for the background noise, Janessa. We like the voice of babies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hello. Uh, Hi, Janessa. <laughs> Damala, over to you. Yeah, when I see things like this, when I think about it, I just feel like 
just was there are things that would never figure out the reason why like mm. there are definitely things that we would not know the, the reason why they happen so mm-hmm. we have to be so it's like because when i think about things like even i see people in this condition or even I mean, in the end, we we all have different things we're probably going through, mm. having to deal with, and it makes me like, why does why does things have to happen this way? Why does someone else seem to have it better than I do, or whatever it is? So, mm. you know, sometimes it's just to just understand the fact that God is bring out the good in everything. So that's just consolation mm. for me, like regardless whatever it is I'm going through, having to deal with, mm. yeah, God will bring out the. Yeah. But one thing I wonder now is the fact that I mean, where does our faith come in place? Like, for example, you're going through something. Of course, mm. people are maybe praying for you about praying with you and for you mm. about that thing. Or mm. yeah, and then it's like, oh, you're having faith that oh, this thing will change. But then it's not changing. You know I mean, I'm like, they're like, oh, I'm not having enough faith, or it's just mm. not meant to change, or I just have to keep dealing with this. So I don't know if it's a bit contradictory. Like, how do you? Do you is this something you should be complacent about, complacent mm. with, or actually when God is just not really saying anything about it? Mm. Mm. Sorry that I'm going on and on, but yeah, it just feels like, oh, why do we have to deal with that? Like, can't something change? Especially if you're a Christian and then you have faith about this thing. Mm. Why does he have to still remain that way? Mm. Very much, Damola. Thank you. Um, Stephen, your hand is up as well. Go for it. Okay, um, good evening, everyone. I would just like to add uh, to what was shown and um, just to throw it to every one of us, you know, some of us, we probably grew up seeing all of this and we, we thought it was a necessary evil, like, like it's not much of a big deal to us now. Like it's something that, oh, you, you lost your brother, you know, you just grew up like that. So it's as if it's normal. So even seeing this is like, oh, okay. <laughs> just one of it so for us what would you suggest and how do we you know just to add to what was shown because for this is like just little like it's like it's normal you know from how my own um, um perspective and you know bringing an experience it's like oh it's just a normal thing like the necessary evil but for other people it can look like a very big thing and and yeah it's uh, of course it's very big thing but i just want us to also add to it thank you yeah thank you very much that's that's an interesting addition um additional lens to view the story um just in the last 24 hours ish um my wife and i had got to know that one of us in this wider community um lost a baby um at 31 weeks, I think, um, due to some complications. And we're going to pray for her towards the end of today's meeting. Um, and again, those kind of questions come like, what's why should that happen? Um, my my oh. own brother, my, my brother last year, was it last year during the pandemic? Also, um, our wife even went all the way full time. She was in labor. Um, and some complications came up. She's a doctor herself, but of course she couldn't operate on herself and there were complications. And in fact, according to the report, it seemed momentarily that both herself and the baby were dead for some time. And then miraculously, God stepped in and she was back. The baby was born, but um, was in a coma. And we kept praying for this, that the baby would come out of the coma. But of course, he never did. 
um, and a few days later I was actually dead. Um, so things like that, and you get to wonder. I mean, this is someone. This is a, these are babies that have not done anything wrong. Uh, at oh, least that, as much as we know in that sense. So what's what's all this about? And um, again, we won't rush. I won't rush into trying to provide any answers to that. First instance, I don't have them. Um, but the other thing we intend to do in, and I like I like all these um, different perspectives that we've come across about this from, um, especially to show that we can relate with this. This is not some people's problem. It's something that is common to all of us that at different points in time, we've seen some tragedy or some suffering that made us wonder, okay, really, like, was that necessary? You know, there are some other, was is that necessary kind of questions that you would ask about God's creation that is just God flaunting his creativity. You see all manner of birds and the difference between one bird and the other might just be the fact that this one's wing curves this way and the other one's wing curves that way. And you're wondering, God, what's the point? You can just make one bed with all of these things rather than two different beds with just slight differences. But in any case, um, that's that's on the neutral side. But when we are seeing situations of life, when you see a prostitute that accidentally became pregnant and gave birth at home without any intervention, and then you out of God that prayerfully carried the baby for nine months and still had complications that led to broken bones from birth or whatever it is, or even death, uh, it makes you really wonder. Okay, God, how 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 is this? How is this fair? <laughs> How is this balanced? Um, but yeah, I would leave that tension in the hair and then we'll go on to watch the other part of Matt Chandler's reflections on that. And then we'll come back, I think, with the way we are doing with time. That would be the only story out of the three stories that we would go through for today. But I think it's okay, even if that's all we could take. Um, so we'll watch that, that reflection and, and then we'll come back again talk about oh. it is anything from the way it comes at it that stands out to you um i would love for you to note it down so that when we come back to reason oh. together, can share that together god bless you okay When I hear Taylor's story and her testimony of how she's suffered and, and how she's walked in physical pain, my, my heart goes out to her and I kind of feel the weight of what she's walking in. Three years ago, I was diagnosed with an incurable form of brain cancer and had to have a good portion of my right frontal lobe cut out, had to sit through radiation, and then 18 months of high-dose chemotherapy that oftentimes left me on the bathroom floor, um, just trying to get the energy to get back up to the toilet uh, to vomit some more. So I, I can relate at one level. Uh, God's been really generous and enabled me to, to walk in an, an extended season here uh, without walking through that level of suffering, but when I do hear about uh, how she's hurting and 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 really uh, all the kind of mental anguish and and not really having a lot of hope in her situation, my, my heart goes out to her. And I, and I wanted us to chat a little bit about the world that we live in in a really honest way. Um, the Bible's really clear that when God created 
the earth, when he created the world that we live in, he created it good. As God designed the world, he created a rhythm in the world that was good. In fact, the refrain in Genesis 1 and 2 is that God made it and it was good, that God made it and that it was good, God made it and that it was good. And then in Genesis chapter 3, we see sin enter into the world and fracture that rhythm. And when that happens, every aspect of creation is uh, affected so that, that God's harmony, God's shalom, God's peace, God's rhythm is fractured and now it doesn't play like it's supposed to. And so in Genesis chapter three, we see death, we see pain, we see disease, we see sorrow, we see loss, we see suffering enter into the story. Now, the good news for you and I living in that world, that fractured, broken world, is that God has not abandoned us to that. Now, when I say that God has not abandoned us to that, I'm not saying that you and I won't suffer. Uh, the reality is that life on a fallen world almost guarantees that you and I are going to suffer, that we will uh, be the recipients of some evil acts, that you and I do live in a place that's broken and that brokenness will affect us. What I mean when I say God has not abandoned us to it is that God meets us where we are in that broken world and, and joins us by the power of his Holy Spirit in redeeming our suffering and our loss and the evil acts that are all around us. And so really one of the places that I found a great deal of refuge in my own journey of suffering was in Romans chapter eight, uh, starting in verse 18, it says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Now, one of the things I love about the Bible is it's unbelievably honest about where we find our lives playing out. In this text, the Apostle Paul, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is writing, admitting that the world's broken, it's subjected to futility, it groans and longs to be set free. So he paints this picture that even creation itself, in its groaning, its creaking, in its earthquakes, in its tsunamis, in its hurricanes, it's longing to be set free from all this violence that's in its place as it stands. But one of the ways he let out in that text and one of the places that I believe in this fallen world we need to place our hope is that we don't kind of judge everything by today, but our hope is not just in present reality, but maybe uh, this is how it helped me. If I think 10,000 years from now, I can look at any struggle I have today and call it like Paul did, light and momentary. So as we let out in, in Romans 8 there, and he says that I consider the sufferings of this world to, to be light and momentary compared to what will be revealed to us. If you're in a place of hurting, you're in a place of suffering, if you're like Taylor, like I was several years ago, where physically you're broken down or uh, you've been the victim of some horrific natural act at the time that we're filming this, there's been tornadoes ripping across uh, Oklahoma and Missouri. And, and if you've been the victim of one 
one of those, it's kind of hard to call those moments light and momentary. Like you wouldn't want to look at Taylor in the face or, or look at me in my face, laying on my bathroom floor, trying to get the strength up to get to the toilet to vomit and go, hey, this is light and momentary because it certainly doesn't feel light and momentary. But the Bible's saying if we'll get our minds on 10,000 years from now, when Jesus Christ has made all things new, when all that is broken has been redeemed and restored and put back into that shalom that it was created in. If we'll keep our mind there, we'll keep our heart there, then we'll have hope for tomorrow. And our day can have a, this is light and momentary compared to what will be revealed to me. And then on top of that, one of the things you see in the scripture repeatedly is God redeeming the suffering of his people by allowing it to draw them near to himself. And so when I think about Joseph, who's sold into slavery by his brothers and then ends up in a prison, he continues to do good. And every time he does good, it seems that bad things happen to him, evil things happen to him. Eventually, he finds himself in this position where he's able to save many through his sufferings and in a very famous passage of the Bible in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He says to his brothers who sold him into slavery, who started this process of these evil things being done to him, he says, you meant it for evil, but God has meant it for good. And that through the sufferings and the trials that Joseph endured, he was closer to God, which is really all Joseph ever needed and really all that any of us ever need, and that God then used the suffering of Joseph to save many. You see it in the Apostle Paul when he teaches that there was given to, given to me by God a thorn in the flesh, an evil spirit to torment me that I might not boast in my exceedingly great revelation. So that God begins to use, not cause, but use the suffering of his children to give them what they actually need, which is more and more and more of himself. So I, I wanna just encourage you today. I, I know some of you are watching this and man, things are impossible. They feel impossible. You feel like giving up, like losing heart, exhausted and weary. And, and I wanna talk to you as a brother who's been there and I wanna talk to you as a brother who's put his hope in the living God that God will draw near to you in your suffering, struggles and weaknesses and you will find him to be the strength that you need be encouraged, put your hope in God. He has not abandoned you. Be like just even a sigh of partial relief. <laughs> yeah, let's take a moment to ponder that and then Honest reflections on what we've just heard. Maybe a part that really jumped at you in light of where we left detention. <laughs> um, I was that I was listening to this kind of reflection um, helped or maybe not helped, um, as the case may be. SF, go for it. Um, good evening, everybody. Good evening, Pastor. So with the video and all of that, it just made me remember this book, When God Does Not Make Sense. Mm. And um, in the first part of the video, as much as we feel like, okay, some people are suffering, why some could get more lucky with life and things like that. Um, I would also like to say that even in our suffering, 
as Christians now, we should always um, get a word from the Bible. That word would keep us going. Like the commentator said, he got a word from Romans. And um, there's this um, image, this word that we used to get on the group every morning. Um, what's the name now? From one pastor, Latemilolua. So there was, I think it was three days or four days ago that he dropped one and he was talking about when um, his mom lost her sight and the woman got a word from the Bible from James and all of that. So I feel like in, in, in our sufferings, we should try to, you know, get a word from God. It's, we definitely keep us going. And uh, another perspective that is just coming to me is... um. If we take everything that happens to us in this life as a child, I think the way we would react to it would also be different. So um, there's, I mean, us. So there was this um, time when I was a student and um, we've got these patients. They were, I think they were six and um, seven thereabouts. They were involved in a fire accident. And um, it's from the history there was fire accidents at home. The maid left them in the house. Their mother came back from wherever she went to. She had to enter the fire, you know, to rescue her child and all of that. The mother was in a different world. Why the children, they were in the pediatrics world. So, you know, they were getting better day by day and all of that. And I remember one day I got to the world and um, those kids were like, hi, Hansi, Hansi, um, we have something to tell you. And I'm like, okay, okay, tell me what you have to tell me today. So they're like, you know, when we get out of here, we'll go to church and we'll go and give a testimony. I'm like, okay, so what will be the contents of your testimony? And, you know, they sang um, this song, um, um, it's all on me, all on me. Like, and the, the part that got me was, um, you know, I hear Ojekojo me. That is, you don't allow the, you know, the fire of these words to consume me and all of that. And I was like, how can these children think that deep to get that song? Even they were obviously in pain when we want to change their dressing, they're always crying and all of that. And a little time out of pain, they feel like all I want to do is get out of here, go to church, give a testimony and sing a song that, you know, representing this whatever situation they are in and since that time that has you know has always been with me and um I just feel like we should take everything that happens to us as a child like take it the way a child would take it and um the world would be a better place and um, we would also you know live a better life even in our suffering thank you thank you very much thank you so much that's very helpful um Ogadami Oshara, and then Sister Wayenke afterwards. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. <clears throat> and thank you, Sister SF. Um, I think you've made what I wanted to say much easier. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> and my my first reaction to Chandler's response was going to say, ah, oh, this is pastoral, Jerry. Like <laughs> this is a is a pastoral. Is a pastoral kind of response, you know. It's, it's not uh, it's not a response that you probably be able to relate with if you are not, um, you know, a Christian or you have some relationship with God and all of that. 
but he's saying the truth. But maybe we should take it from the non-pastoral um, side first, which is what Sister SF has, has I mean, concluded with. Trust me, the non-pastoral side of it first is to just take this life as enjoy the moment, basically. Mm -hmm. Enjoy, enjoy whatever comes. Trust me. Yes, we are children of God. We want good things to happen to us. We believe good things will always happen and all of that. Mm -hmm. But trust me, whatever then comes in that journey, mm -hmm. sir, ma, please enjoy it. Just, mm -hmm. just enjoy that moment, you know. <laughs> and, and when I say enjoy, enjoy it, meaning that now, this is where the pastoral side now comes, knowing that the, yeah, there's, a, there's an end, right? There's, there's a... There's an end inside. And when I say an end inside, the end inside could mean, yes, you getting out of that situation. It could mean you being a testimony for others to be able to get up, out of their own situation as well. You know, or it could even just mean that, yeah, I mean, just enjoy it. Trust me. I don't know a better way to say, you know, and I'm going to use, um, and a personal example, for, for for instance, I mean, I've been in the situation of losing a pregnancy too before, mm. you know, and and that happened, and that was that was heartbreaking, right? Mm. Um, and I I feel like maybe it's Adam on the on the sisters too, than the brothers. I mean, than than the husband. When I mean, yeah, it's Adam on the wife than the than the than the husband. However, I thought of it and I mean, I mean, I don't, I, of course, you talk to, you try to ask God, oh, why did that happen and all of that. And God, you hear different things, whether, whether true or not. Do uh, you know where if that was saving you from, you know, a, a, a troubled child or a child that was going to, you know, maybe be disabled child or whatever. I don't know, I don't know. Different things that you just try to console yourself. Mm -hmm. However, this is where the testimony then comes in. Because that happened, I then got closer to God, which mm -hmm. Matt mentioned, right? I got closer to God and I was intentional about the next one to say, God, okay, this one has happened. This next one, <laughs> nothing has happened, right? Now, trust me, the next one came and that same thing was going to happen. In fact, bleeding started. Please just listen, listen carefully. Bleeding started again. And I said, no, no, no. I just said, no, God, I, I, we agreed this now. You cannot, you remember the last time, I, you know, I was now standing on that last. <laughs> and of course, there are things that he has told me to do and all that. And I said, I did all that and all that, okay? And then a word came again to Matt's point and Sister SF. A word came from second, I mean, first Samuel, where Anna was talking about, oh, of this child have I requested, of this child have I been given? And trust me, immediately that word dropped. I knew that was it, that was. So brothers and sisters, even though there was bleeding, the baby is here today. <laughs> I don't know, you see? So again, those are the kind of things that those um, 
evil or I mean those bad things that happen cause in the future. It causes us to, you know, have some stronger testimonies, maybe. It causes us to be able to move closer to God and all of that. But again, like I said, those are things that the guy on the street might not be able to, to relate with very well. The guy on the street would understand to just say, and that's why some of these guys tell you, I'm just living life, this life, I'm just, I'm just coasting with it and all that. What they are basically saying is, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying what comes. We as Christians should have that at the back of our mind, enjoy the moment, enjoy what comes, use whatever what comes, I mean, comes to stand on things that are still to come. There are many things still ahead of you. Don't get stuck on whatever it is that happened in the present. Uh, the Lord help us in Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. Mr. YNK. Hi, good evening, everybody. Good evening. Um, yeah, this is a actually very, it's very deep conversation. I'm actually, I'm getting ready to drop any moment from this call because I'm late for another call. But I just needed to um, say one or two things and share, maybe perhaps share my own story. Um, you know, when I even first saw the topic, before I saw the video, I, sorry, I, um, one thing, one of the things that came to me or came to mind, you know, to say is first and foremost, God is not always the cause of the suffering. Mm -hmm. um, most times there is that tendency to always want to just immediately conclude that, oh God, you know, and, and this and that. Yes, he's sovereign. Yes, he knows all things. He sees things before they happen. And yes, sometimes he permits them to happen. But that in all of this, you know, the enemy would always sometimes want us to shift our gaze and like point fingers that yes, God is the one that caused it. But he's not the cause. He's not always the cause of evil. In the Bible, he said good and evil can come from him, you know, but he is not always, you know, and actually our consolation lies in the Father, especially as Christians, that um, he has promised that when we go through, when we go through water or through fire, he is there with us. Um, the video hit the points, even several points that I wanted to mention, and I'll just reemphasize that you know, in the midst of this suffering, God uses it to draw people to himself. Yeah. Maybe those who already know him, but you know, are still doing one leg in, one leg out, or are not still, they're not yet serious with their work with God, or even those who don't know him at all, like the initial video that that we watched, because we don't know if that lady had a relationship with God prior, but she just started crying out that God, why? And all those things like that. And that will also bring me to another um, comment that it's not wrong to ask God questions. Mm -hmm. In in moments like this, in times like this, like it is not wrong to ask him questions. However, it is the manner with which we, we approach God that, mm -hmm. you know, others 
we know the story of the master sufferer, if I can call him that way, Job. I don't think anyone in this world has gone through explicitly the things that Job went through in one day. I don't, I don't think anyone. But we could see, we read, we read the story of Job today because of what he went through. The book of Job is, is there as a book of Job because of the things he went through. And we're able to learn from it. And we could see that it was through that, sorry. <laughs> it was through that, that God revealed himself more to him. And we could learn from his experiences. So we're able to draw near to God in suffering. And also we are able to, the same strength we receive through that period, we're able to strengthen others. It says, oh, oh the God of all comforts will comfort us so that we are also able to comfort others. And that brings me to also my story. I don't want to go into all the long details, but similarly, for my first pregnancy, I lost, uh, we lost the pregnancy, mm. you know, and, but it made us, it drew us, not only did it draw us closer to God, it made that the things I learned through that period, I don't think I would have learned it the way I learned it. If I had not gone through that loss, both myself and my husband, you know, but even with that, and then it took us a while to get pregnant again, you know, mm -hmm. and it bettered another kind of, it stirred some other things in, in me that I, I don't want to even go into details. But one thing I know is that even after that, and thank God today we're blessed with three children. After that, like that, that the the lessons and the 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 things that they experienced bettered. Mm. Um, I don't think it would have come any other way than through that process. Mm. So most times, the I would say that God allows those things to happen because He knows best. Yes. Now we don't understand, and even in our lack of understanding, it's okay to ask God questions. Does that mean He would always answer? I mean, does that mean he will answer the way we are expecting him to answer? Probably not, but he didn't create us as a dummy. Mm -hmm. In asking those questions, he tends to reveal himself more. And let me stop here. And this is the uh, rainbow baby. <laughs> they call the, the child after a lost pregnancy. The next child, they always call the child a rainbow baby. So. <laughs> he's the one disturbing me here so that's that's just my um thank you sorry thank you very much thank you so much and and extra thanks for still being able to log on i know how you said today is going to be so we really appreciate having you and your thoughts um damola over to you Yeah, I think it's still, I still have a question though, uh, because I mean, I'm just looking at the place of miracles because I mean, the lady with the um, the, the broken bones thing, and then it's like, okay, I mean, it had a lot of people who of course had certain deformities from death, and then, and then of course, miracles happened, their story changed. Of course, it didn't mean that they were fat, they were not in pain for a while. Yeah, and then they didn't learn things from this pain and their lives were in testimonies or whatever it is. But then some way, somehow, 
Mm-hmm. They, have, I mean, they had all that testimonies, like God's healing them. And then there are also people who have to live through these things and just accept the fact that, oh, this is how I'm just going to, this is God is going to, of course, bring out the good in this. Remember um, last week Sunday, um, um, a pastor, um, a pastor, um, he showed a testimony of a lady. Okay, so this lady, she's paralyzed in her, yeah, she's paralyzed basically. She's a quadriplegic, so her hands and her legs are paralyzed. And what, what we were just trying to bring up from Lily's testimony was the fact that she's not letting that weigh her down. So she's not seeing, she's not making, she's not making herself look like the victim. Instead, seeing how she can help other people. And I mean, that's very, very admirable because it's like, wow, I mean, this is someone that she paints, she also sings. I don't know how she paints, I think with her mouth and pen or something. Like, it's, it's incredible. But, anyways, I mean, that leaves me with the fact that, okay, this is someone that has to go through these things for life. Like, is it, I mean, I think the major thing is just the complacency because I feel like, for example, I don't want to be complacent about certain situations. For example, maybe you're in a situation where, oh, you have to keep using drugs for certain things, like for life. And then it seems like, oh, you have to dealing with that for life but then it's like there are people who God has also healed from such situations I'm like how do you how do you I mean it doesn't seem like God is saying anything like oh you'll be healed or not but then at, at some point you're having the faith of oh God I will be healed at the same time it's like oh well I'll just keep dealing with this settling my whatever it is I have to do around this predicament or whatever it is so it's like how do we draw that line of, because there are also people in our lives people constantly praying for us oh she god will heal her god will heal him but mm-hmm. then again you're also not sure because it's like and because you're not sure it's like oh maybe your faith is a bit wavered it's like oh so i'm just going to keep dealing with this so that's just my question like how do you draw the line between having faith in such things and also not being complacent about such situations mm. thank you very much interesting question I don't know if anybody has any thoughts to share on that before we land today's conversation. It's 12 past eight already. Um, and I would love for us to be done by 8.30 latest. That's UK time, Nigerian time. Um, I don't know what time it is where you are. But any, any thoughts on Damala's question um, before? Okay, Agadami, go on. Okay, thank you, sir. Um, and thank you, Sister Damala. Now, I'm not sure what you mean by complacent, but maybe you mean the person giving up, you know, on that situation. Uh, so <laughs> trust me, if you want the healing so much, I don't know about you giving up, you know. Um, I follow Pastor Yudebo a lot, so I'll quote him again. <laughs> Pastor Yudebo always says something like, um, when your cloud is full, you know, it just, it says that a lot. It says, don't stop, don't stop. Because, you know, the the answer you're looking for might just come, I mean, might just not be here because your cloud isn't full yet. You know, when it says when your cloud is full, your rain will fall. That's the way he says it. You know, so I think, the, I mean, what I can just say is, don't don't um, be complacent. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep up the faith, and keep enjoying the moment. Remember, <laughs> we said that earlier. Keep enjoying the moment, but don't give up on praying. That yes, I I want to be healed and all that. We hear a lot of testimonies of people 
and again because I follow um living faith, I mean winners chapel a lot. You hear testimonies of people. Sometimes you hear people come and give testimonies of um 27 years waiting. And in your own in your own mind, they are saying, why do you have to, why did God have to wait that long to to answer them? But yeah, that was it. They waited 27 years, you know. Um, so please, no, don't, don't, don't be complacent. Just try to keep up the faith. And I'll, I'll use the phrase again, once your cloud is full, your rain will fall. Thank you. Thank you, man. Um, very interesting thoughts and questions and reasonings together. Um, Again, like, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that we've had different angles to look at this. And I'm glad that in different ways, you never can tell what any of our contributors tonight has said that would, that would begin to pull apart the knot, the K-N-O-T of questions that is in someone's heart um, along the lines of what we've been talking about. Um, because when I hear something like what Damola asks, part of what I would also think about in my Bible mind and pastoral mind <laughs> would be the case study of Paul, the apostle, the apostle Paul, um, in in Second Corinthians, I believe, chapter ten, um, where he was talking about um, himself and all he went through. I know a man, whether in the spirit or in the body, I cannot tell. 14 years ago was caught up into the third heavens and he was of course talking about himself um, and how that same man that has been there done that he has been to heaven like literally <laughs> and seen things that he's not even permitted to share and that man he says um, was humbled by God because God did not want him to be self-exalted and therefore he permitted Satan, a messenger of Satan, which he called a thorn in his flesh, um, to torment him. And we don't know what that thorn in his flesh means, um, whatever that was literally, but it must be something painful to the extent that he kept going to God again, not just once, not twice, three different times, but he got a word. He went again, I suppose, because the word was not what he wanted to hear. And then he went again because still that wasn't what he wanted to hear. But by the third time he heard it, and what was the word? My grace is sufficient for you. In other words, this thorn, forget it. I'm not taking this one away. But I want you to know that I've given you the capacity to be able to do all I want you to do. The thorn notwithstanding. And so he says, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul says, so what? Should I do then? I will boast in my weakness. I mean, that's just totally, it blows my mind every time I read that. Like, okay, I will boast in the fact that I have a thorn in my flesh, which is, by the way, one of the things that those that have been suspecting that I'm not a true minister of God are using to say, if he's a true minister of God, I will he be suffering with something like that of all people and things like that. People that doubted his apostolic authority, they had something to say in that regard. And yet he says, I will boast about that weakness. I will boast about that thorn in my flesh. Why? Because he has heard from God to a point where he can't shake it off. 
and he knows that actually the secret of his greatness is embedded one way or the other in the fact that he has a thorn in his flesh. So he says, I'll boast in this, knowing that when I am weak, then I am made strong. As though the strength for him to go along in life and ministry has something to do with the thorn that was in his flesh. But again, it was persistent. It kept going and God kept saying the same thing. And I, I think I love that fact that he wasn't quote unquote complacent, <laughs> um, as Sister Damala put it. But I want to take us back as we wrap up to Romans chapter eight that Chandler read from. Um, again, as he was reading that passage, I remembered how that sometime in 2000 and in 2020, um, in, in my church here in Liverpool, we went through a Bible study series on the entire book of Romans. And I think my favorite part of that book was chapter eight, indeed, um, which I got to facilitate. And I'm going to just end up again reading that passage. When I thought through that in the Bible study, I used the Living Bible and I found my slide again just now. So I'm just going to share that. I already color coded some parts of it and made some emphasis. And we'll wrap up on that and say a word of prayer for ourselves. Again, I know your question may not be answered and that's okay. Um, but hopefully there is something you can take off our conversation tonight that would lead you back to the Father um, to be able to ask some questions with, I won't say reckless abandon, but at least with the boldness that with which you have been invited. Hebrews 4.16, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace. So Romans chapter eight, again from verse 18 to 30, um, but this time from the Living Bible. The Living Bible is not a translation, it's a paraphrase. In other words, the translators had read the original manuscript and tried their best to articulate in English what they believe the spirit behind the letters are saying. So yes, yeah, what Romans 8, 18 to 30 says. Again, this is Paul, the same Paul I was talking about. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that God will give us later. For all creation is waiting patiently, waiting hopefully for that future day when God will resurrect his children. For on that day, which is in the future, thorns and thistles, sin, death, decay, being born with a bone disorder, miscarriages, delay before pregnancy, and what other issues that had come up tonight that you can fit into that list. The things that overcame the world against its will at God's command. In other words, those things were never part of God's intention and plan originally, um, but they came in necessarily as necessary evils because of sin. All of them will disappear. And the world around us will share in the glorious freedom from sin, which God's children enjoy. And it goes on to say verse 22, for we know that even the things of nature, even the weather, even the climate, we talk about climate change today, things like animals and plants, they suffer in sickness and death as they await this great event. And even we Christians, and I love this, even we Christians, although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of the future glory, we also groan. We are groaning to be released from pain and suffering. And so when there is a tsunami, when there is all this, what we call natural disasters, volcanic eruption, that's the creation groaning 
But that's not the only thing that is groaning. Even we Christians, we are also groaning. There is a groan that will last through the, the rest of our Christian life until we see Jesus. We will always be groaning. We will always have the God, but why? why? Why do you have to make this happen or permit this to happen or watch as this thing happen without you doing anything about it? We Christians, we also groan to be released from the pain and the suffering that this world is going through. We too wait anxiously for that day when God will give us our full rights as his children. And part of that includes new bodies, bodies without broken bones, new bodies that he has promised us, bodies that will never be sick again, bodies that will never die. Verse 24, we are saved by trusting. And trusting means looking forward to getting something that we don't yet have. And so we know we don't have it. We keep looking forward for it. For a man who already has something doesn't need to hope and trust that he will get it. But if we must keep trusting God for something that hasn't happened yet, it teaches us to wait patiently. And not only patiently, but also confidently. And in the same way, in the same way that creation groans, in the same way that we Christians groan, by our faith, the Holy Spirit also helps us with our daily problems and in our praying. For we don't even know what we should pray for. We don't even know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit prays for us in this mess. He prays for us with such feeling that it cannot be expressed in words. KJV says, with groanings that cannot be uttered. Verse 27, and the father who knows all hearts knows, of course, that this, what the spirit is saying as it pleads for us in alignment, in harmony with God's own will. And we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. Verse 29, from the very beginning, God decided that those who, be, who came to him, and all along he knew those that would come to him, that those people should become like his son, so that his son will be the first with many brothers and sisters. And having chosen us, he called us to come to him. And when we came to him, he declared us not guilty. And then he filled us with Christ's goodness. He gave us right standing with himself. And then he promised us his glory. And that's that's. <laughs> Romans 8, 18 to 30 from the Living Bible. But emphasis on those three groans, that creation is groaning. We Christians are groaning. But thank God, it is not just the creation and, the, and, and we that are groaning, but the Holy Spirit is also joining us in that groan and taking it to a perfect expression and articulation that makes what is meaningless to eventually make sense. Not necessarily to our rational mind, but deep down to our spirit, so that when we can look back, like Machandla was saying, in 10,000 years from now, we can discover that all of those things were just a tiny little dot in our eternal life, a tiny little dot, a light and momentary affliction, which in light of all the enjoyment that lies ahead, it's nothing really. But of course, because it's painful right now, it feels like forever. It feels like terrible, horrible, and whatever languages we want to use. But there's a freedom that is coming, a freedom that has already begun. So for a child of God that is able to understand when people are saying, why does bad thing happen to good people? Or why would God allow suffering in the world? Why would there be natural disasters? Where is this? Why is this? Why is that? 
Paul is reminding us that in the beginning it wasn't so. But of course, because there is a love, there was choice. And because there was choice for Adam and Eve, God loved them. So love is to, if there is no choice, then there is really no love. You can't validate love without a choice. He gave them a choice to express their love by saying, you can do anything you like, but this one thing don't do. And of course, they did the one thing they were not supposed to do. And that opened the door for all manner of things, which of course did not catch God by surprise because before the beginning be began, before there was Adam and Eve, the lamb had been slain, Bible says, from the foundations of the world. And so all of these things that are playing out in time, and we can speak of years and thousands of years between Adam and us, and, and that sounds like a long time, but when we begin to grasp a picture of eternity, then we discover that all of these things that we are engrossed about, it's just a tiny dot, like just a tiny dot in all of the endless history that is still awaiting us. And I know that doesn't necessarily help. <laughs> that doesn't change your account balance. <laughs> That doesn't change your credit rating <laughs> or whatever it is. That doesn't bring the miraculous healing. But we have seen enough from scripture to know that it's not about the fact that X, Y, Z has to necessarily happen as a testimony to our faith. Paul would preach all night at one event and someone fell down from the story building and the person died, Eutychus. And Paul leaned over him, prayed for him, and the guy was healed. But then you read some of the other epistles of Paul and you'll be writing about people that were sick to the point of death as part of his ministry partners. And you're wondering, is it not the same Paul that prayed for someone that was dead and the person came back to life? Why can't you pray for this one? And you're saying he was sick to the point of death and could have even died. What happened to your praying power? That's because <laughs> this thing is not rocket science and it doesn't work like that. Yes, there is faith. And yes, there is a God that wants to wrought wonders and miracles. And yes, we must believe him for the very best. But when he speaks once and we hear twice, we hold him by his word and we judge him faithful. Knowing that, yes, it might be part of the groan of creation or part of our own personal groan as his children. But thank God we have a spirit, his spirit, that groans alongside with us in a way that articulates that groan, in a way that makes sense to God and begins to gradually over the rest of eternity make sense to us too. I don't know if that helps, <laughs> but I, that's where I'm going to stop sharing this. Otherwise, I could just go on and on and on. Romans 8 always excites me um, because of how Brother Paul beautifully articulates some of these most naughty issues of life in that passage. In two weeks, we meet again and we'll be talking about science and Christianity. Does science disprove Christianity? Talk of evolution and all manner of theories about the origins of the world and the origins of the human race. And recently, my wife found a podcast that Joshua listens to before he sleeps about dinosaurs and the Bible and all manner of things. And just wondering, okay, how do we square all of this up together with what we know, theologically speaking, or in terms of the Bible and things like that? And sometimes there are big questions 
that it seems sometimes like the Bible doesn't have sufficient or satisfactory answers for. So we'll be considering that when next we meet together. But before we go tonight, in this last one minute, I want us to just think through over the things we've said. I don't know which part um, the Spirit of God has drawn one or two things to your mind. And I don't know what is your own present groan. What are you groaning about? And I don't, I'm, I don't say that in a way to diminish or demean your groaning. I'm saying, yes, your groaning is legitimate, it's valid. And what is that thing that right now you're groaning about? Let's bring it to God through his spirit to join us in that groan in a way that makes sense to the Father and makes sense eventually to us. And I want us to also remember that sister that just lost the baby. <laughs> in our prayers and ask that the spirit of God would do what it does best. It's part of why the Bible calls him the comforter because he knows we're going to need comfort. <laughs> that the spirit of God will minister comfort home and bring his peace, his lasting peace into that situation. And then of course, to bring restoration of what has been lost. We've heard testimonies of restoration here tonight, and we know that the God that did it for those testifiers would do it again for this blessed sister and her family. Let's pray. You don't have to unmute yourself or anything. Just talk to God where you are. And after a few seconds, I would invite Anu to pray, to wrap us up, and we'll be done for tonight. Let's pray.